Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello, hello, and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. We had a little bit of a, a snafu here at the beginning of the show, so we started a few minutes late. I hope you don't mind. I hope you can forgive us, but then again, we are providing 100% of our content here at Shock Monkey Radio behind the paywall up on YouTube if you want to uh, 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 watch for some reason. We would appreciate it. And I know that a lot of you have been watching and have been listening. I know that uh, most of you are uh, just listeners. You just listen, and that's fine. I understand. I've, I have a face for radio. I get it. <coughs> Excuse me. But yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Hope you are well. Consider becoming a patron after all this nonsense is over. We understand if you're cash strapped right now. I sure as hell am. So, uh, but we want to provide this for free to let you know the kind of content that we do offer when we all start making money again. All right. So um, I know a lot of you, I got some feedback recently saying that, you know, a lot of you like the uh, supervillain plots I did over the last uh, uh, three shows. And so, uh, uh, the, particularly the space aspect, I guess, I guess my show attracts the intellectual, intellectually curious people like me. And so, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll start talking about space a little bit more and such. I'm not sure. Maybe we can do a, a segment. We could do a segment called, uh, I, I'm thinking space brain segment. And, uh, we can maybe clip that, uh, that, that part from the song, the Guns N' Roses song, um, uh, night train loaded like a freight train. Flying like an aeroplane, feeling like a space brain one more time tonight. That's a good song. That's a love song to a liquor. Um, yeah, Night Train by Guns N' Roses. I'll have EK look into it, see if we're, we'd be violating any copyright by you know, taking a little clip like, and have a little uh, a space brain segment where I talk about space for a little bit. You know, Oh, that remark. Is anyone hearing you? Okay, please don't do that then. No, nothing, nothing too long. Nothing, no, nothing. Not, EK is talking in my ear, and it's like nothing too long, because it's just these poor, poor people sitting here watching me listen to you, <laughs> and they can't hear you. Anyway, love you, EK. But uh, he says, yeah, I think it will probably be good. So um, yeah, maybe we'll do that. But it reminds me of look, if there's any university out there that's conducting experiments involving the effects of weightlessness on animals in space i would i would be all about that i would love to get up there with my cell phone and put a cat in zero g and watch it spaz out you know how cats are you know how cats are and if the cat was in Z zero g with nothing they'd be writhing about and i'd just take the video and become the most the richest youtuber ever you know i could bring up horses well you don't necessarily want a horse in a spaceship, you know, one good kick. Um, my dogs, you ever, had, you ever seen a dog in a car? Dogs in cars, you know, they'll lose their mind. If, imagine if, in weightlessness, what would a dog do? <laughs> oh, anyway, so maybe we could have a space segment. I don't know. But yeah, we really appreciate your feedback. Uh, thanks for, thanks for watching and listening. And uh, uh, yeah, tell a friend. And um yeah, if you want to email me, madman at fxbgpr.com. Okay, so do you think that there's going to be a coronavirus baby boom? I do. I do. Do you think maybe in like December and January, maybe February, uh, there's going to be a big surge of babies being born? 
I, I really think so because everyone's just staying at home, eating, fucking, and Netflixing. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I, because sometimes you feel like you watched all of Netflix. Sometimes you feel like you've seen it all. And you're just like, I'd rather get laid. I understand. I understand. Shelter in place. Renew your wife. Anyway, so speaking of Netflixing, I uh, re <laughs> and not getting laid. I recently uh, rewatched The Green Hornet. Um, you know the Seth Rogen movie. Um, and uh, you know, watching it the sec, I I didn't much like it the first time. The second time, I really appreciated it a lot more, especially considering the kind of movies that are superhero movies that are coming out now. And it's got all the ingredients of a blockbuster film. It has all the ingredients. It's got uh, a bromance. It's got a romantic interest, uh, co competition for that romantic interest, uh, parties, funerals, action, comic book action. It was very comic booky action, but it was shot very well, done very well. And so, um, you know, when it comes to these superhero movies, uh, I think that the Green Hornet's going to hold up a lot better than some of these other movies uh, over time, like Captain Marvel or... Um, in game uh these social justice movies that are coming out you know i think they're really tainting the brand and really tainting you know uh uh and i guess it, i guess it's good because uh uh the green hornet was always kind of inclusive because of cato and so uh i think that that's a, a good thing so it kind of like passed muster in terms of social justice warrior nonsense it's like yeah we get some uh, brainy brainy hot chick like Cameron Diaz in there and everything's covered you know <laughs> it's not offensive or anything like that so um yeah it has all the makings of a good movie but um uh, I I really I think it does a good job at paying homage to the uh the fiction that came before it and you know it was really cool I thought it was a really good movie and it's going to hold up a lot better over time I give it nine of 10 of 13. Ten, let's go with 10, 10 of 13 stars. I've been agonizing about this rating all day. Let's go with 10 of 13 stars because I think I'll feel like it's more like a 10, uh, uh, two years from now. So, uh, it, it's a good movie. And I didn't, I didn't think that, uh, uh, I've never seen Seth Rogen so thin, you know, and he's still pretty, you know, thick. And that's kind of like me. If I were, I just, if I dropped weight, Hmm cold all the time like today burning fat today anyway so um you know it reminded me of playing uh grand theft auto san andreas on a uh, ps2 and um uh and as you know like the I'm, you know i'm grove street families for life apparently by buying this game it, it it you know jumped me into a gang and so now i'm part of this gang this fictional gang so grove street for life you know and, and i'd put in work but i'd put on put in work on my terms uh you know how it is when you're playing PS2 back in those days, you're hanging out and you're drinking with your friends and you know, you die, you pass the controller and I'd get the controller. And what I do is I'd go to uh, go right to the, the clothing store. You buy clothing. I put on a mask and all this green outfit. And I'd become the, the green Hornet. And I drive around Los Santos fighting gangs with my bare hands. I would get the tear gas sometimes melee weapons, brass knuckles, all non-lethal forms, you know, and I, 
and so uh that's how i would play and people would get mad at me it's like it's like you're too good at being the green hornet and i was like i know i know i am <laughs> and that's how i played grand theft auto san andreas you know playing as a uh this gangbanger killing uh killing gang members that aren't aren't wearing green which is whew, just shows you how it just if the cops in Los Santos should be just like we know somebody from Grove Street is this Green Hornet fella with these custom Green Hornet mobiles, excuse me, Black Beauties that uh, is going around killing all these all these ballers. Where were the other gang? The uh, I forget I forget the name of that gang. The Yellow Bandana guys. I forget the name of them. Anyway, um. And so when I was watching uh, Greenhorn and I was thinking about those days playing San Andreas and I dug it out, I might play it later. I don't know because I don't have to edit video tonight because we're giving you all this content for free. I know that, that like a lot of you think that the clips uh, on YouTube are better, uh, but you, you got to understand, you know, most of the people who enjoy this show enjoy it audio, audio, audioly in an audio way, in an, in an aural way maybe in an oral way and so um yeah i gotta cater to them more i have gotten some feedback saying you know cater to the people who listen more i'm like okay fair enough yeah green hornet nine of 13 stars um so i had a dream i had a dream i was playing atari and so i wanted to talk about my atari 2600 and uh i think this is like the mid eighties, let's, I want to say 80, somewhere between 84 and 86. Um, I got my Atari. I was living in Petersburg. That's in Virginia. I was living in Petersburg. And uh, my, my father's parents came down bearing gifts for Christmas. Excuse me. And um, uh, that Christmas I got the Atari 2600 and it was the, the big deck one, the original big deck one. And it. I think I had three games. I think it was uh, Combat, of course, which is an excellent game, especially with friends. Combat, Skydiver. Skydiver was uh, it's simply you jump out of a plane, you have to land on this spot, this little pad. That's all, all the game was, and it just increased in difficulty. The pad would be moving or something like that. The plane would be faster or something. You know how simple those Atari games were. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're a millennial and you've never played an Atari game. And you should you should give it a shot because it's it's really interesting because you kind of had to use your imagination more. The realism in video games is kind of a double-edged sword. You know, yes, it's incredibly awesome in modern video games, but uh, at the same time, you had to use your imagination more when you when you played Atari. It's just a square on a screen. Anyway, so I, I uh, had this uh, Atari 2600, and I had it at a, a very contemporary time. Uh, that's when a lot of kids were starting to get Atari 2600. By the way, we didn't call it a 2600 back then. We just called it Atari because the only thing we had before that was things like in television and uh, uh, some computers, like uh, early, early word processing type computers uh, with 100% uh, RAM, you know, no ROM, you had to write it, write data to cassette tapes. But even by the time I got the Atari, I was already able to program in basic. I'd been using computers for a while. So I appreciated the upgrade in terms of graphics when it came to the Atari. And so, um, yeah, and 
it's interesting because I found out later that my dad and my grandpa, they they went out and uh, purchased like old, like beat up Ataris and pieced them together to get one to work. <laughs> and uh, man, I wish I still had that thing because I would crack it open, take a look at what's inside. Uh, I think that's a really interesting story. I wish I still had that thing. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the whole thing about Atari was that like pl uh, playing outside was still more fun back in those days. And the Atari like graphic, if it, if it was a nice day, you'd rather be outside playing. Uh, I like playing war. You dress up a camo, get your plastic guns, just run through the woods with other guys and pretend to shoot each other. It was fun. We'd build forts. And it was way more, way more fun than Kaboom. Okay, which you had to have the special controller for, the circular controller for. It was way more fun than Kaboom. All right, and then the, I think it was, yeah, then they, then late 80s, the NES came out. And by the late 80s, I was living down in Georgia, Brunswick, Georgia. And uh, that's when everyone uh, got the, got the NES, the original Nintendo Entertainment System, and everyone was playing like Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt. Everyone, those two games most of the time until legend of zelda came out and then when legend of zelda came out it was all anybody was playing you have no idea how a video game swept through the like holy cow no one had ever seen a game that complicated the only thing close to it was adventure and that's that little square on the screen uh, square on the screen i was talking about but at that time i didn't have an nes i still had the atari and so i had the crappy video game system all of a sudden and even though I did enjoy a lot of the games, I mean, like Missile Command, still a good game. Even when it's just as simple as an, on a Atari 2600, Missile Command is still a fun game to this day. Missile Command memories. Anyway, so everyone had the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, and I still had the Atari 2600. And I knew that uh, my parents weren't going to uh, get me a Nintendo Entertainment System, so you got an Atari. And so um, I wrote a letter to an Atari back uh, late 80s when they're dying, when their company was dying. And so um, uh, the good thing was, though, is that Atari games were super cheap at this time. So I was getting a lot of games uh, because, you know, they got marked down like crazy once the Nintendo came out. And so uh, I, I, uh, I wrote a letter to Atari saying that all you need to do to compete with Nintendo is make the cartridge longer. That way it can fit more chips or whatever you put inside the cartridge, the magic smoke you put inside the cartridge to make the game work, you will have more room for the magic smoke. And I wrote, I wrote them a letter, never got a response. I don't expect I would, I, I don't think I should have expected one at all. Uh, I, I was trying to help them. I mean, I didn't really want a response. I was trying to help them is to compete with Nintendo so that I could get good games on my Atari. I knew not, I knew about programming. I could program in basic, but I knew nothing about like um, uh, uh, electrical design. What's that? Electrical engineering? Electrical engineer. You know, that didn't come until much later when I was in the Navy. Uh, finally, I moved up to... Uh, uh, here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, fxbgpublicradio.com, y'all. Uh, I moved up here and I got an S like pretty soon after that. And I uh, spent a lot of time playing Nintendo games, even on nice days. Uh, sooner or later, I got a Sega Genesis and I spent a lot of time playing video games instead of going out playing 
on nice uh, nice days. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's better. Is an Atari better? An Atari is great on a rainy rainy day. You know, I don't. I know. Uh, I know that there's people out there who like retro gaming. I like retro gaming because that's the stuff I grew up with. I grew up with these games, like the Commodore 64 games, Airborne Ranger back in the Commodore 64 games. Man, that was a great game uh, for the time, for the time. And I loved it. And I would still play it today. And uh, it's the same thing with a lot of these Atari games. Like I'd, I'd still play Missile Command today. Those are fun games. It's undeniable. I mean, the modern games are great and intense and, uh, what's the word immersive it's great to have that but i think that there is a uh i, I watch angry video game video game nerd on uh youtube i love that because he, he sit there and does a talk about these old nintendo games and uh even atari games and how hard they were in comparison to like games today it's like in games today you'll get awards for dying they'll give you awards for just just dying or putting in time in the game back then if you couldn't beat level two you couldn't beat level two until you found a Nintendo power or you found somebody who found a trick. You know, you're talking to somebody at school. It's like, I can't get past this one stage. It's like, Oh, I used the holy water, man. <laughs> and that's what was cool about it. I think, I mean, even back in the uh, 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 mid eighties, you know, people trying to get high scores, you know, there are people like competing and they're like, uh, I don't believe that you did it. There'd be guys who would like leave their Atari on, where it's flashing the high score so they can bring their friends over uh, to show them the high score to prove it. And, uh, there was even guy, uh, a guy who uh, took a Polaroid of a high score for an Atari game <laughs> because he thought nobody would believe him. It's not like you could just, uh, you know, get it, capture a screenshot and send it to your friends. <laughs> Found this epic mob. <laughs> now I can get my epic mount. <laughs> it was a different time different sense of gaming and uh we shouldn't lose that i think we shouldn't lose that wow i haven't even got to roller coasters so i'm going to skip this uh trump thing uh because who wants to talk about politics not me he's still a dick let's not let's be honest i mean dan crenshaw uh, destroyed bill maher but let's be honest you know trump is a douchebag <laughs> and china is asshole So let's not get into it. Instead, I want to talk about uh, roller coasters. So I've been watching a lot of roller coaster videos lately, and they've been uh, recommended to me on um, uh, on YouTube, uh, probably because I play Roller Coaster Tycoon, and uh, every now and then I play it. And um, and so it, and it's never like uh, these experience where you, you uh, someone rides a roller coaster. The ones that pop up for me are like about the design and uh, uh, the operation of these roller coasters and i really like that i really like to understand that and a lot of these guys uh video channels uh youtube channels i watch um they're ride operators or they are uh ride operators and the like or people who've worked in the parks and i i don't for some reason i like understanding the logistics of it because i tell you honestly it's like i am impressed with uh roller coasters. i like i like roller coasters don't you like roller coasters of course you do of course you do and if you don't it's like Quit being a pussy. Ride it. Just give it a try. All right. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so I like these channels. Uh, yeah, and so the content is focused on design, safety, you know, 
and I guess I, I guess that gets recommended to me because I play Roller Coaster Tycoon every now and then. But uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the my favorite roller coasters that I've ever been on. Uh, a while back, uh, I think I was still in high school. I went to uh, Sandusky, Ohio, and went to Cedar Point. And at Cedar Point, there's a roller coaster there called Magnum XL 200. I, I think it's still there. I don't I don't know. This is like uh, mid 90s, early 90s. I went there, and I went to uh, I rode that roller coaster, and it was the most intense. Now I I've had experience on roller coasters at this point. I had been to Kings Dominion. I'd been to there's some parks up in or in, in Kansas, I think I went to. Was it Kansas or West Virginia? I don't know. Yeah, there's some parks up there. Uh, when I lived up in upstate New York, I went to Great Escape Fun Park. So I've been on roller coasters before. And so, but when I went on the Magnum XL 200, that first drop, your stomach just like comes right up into your throat. And you're just like, that's that's usually where it goes. And then it just started going up in your head. And then this it became panic. You know, it's just that was the most intense drop I've ever experienced. Uh, hopefully I'll experience more uh, as as time goes on. If these parks ever reopen, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's springtime and springtime should be the time when uh, these amusement parks open and they're not. And, you know, I guess maybe I'm just missing roller coasters a little bit. Uh, of course, here in Fredericksburg, the closest park we have is uh, King's Dominion. And King's Dominion is a pretty good park. I, 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 I do like the Rebel Yell. Is, the Rebel, is it even called the Rebel Yell any, any, anymore? I don't think it is. I think they named it something else. But, I mean, it's like, why? I mean, that's really all the Rebels had was their yell, you know, yell and yelling and bayonets. You know, it was so mismatched. It was a horrible war. Anyway, but I like the Rebel Yell. I like the Grizzly. I, I, I think that's probably my favorite uh, near, nearest wooden roller coaster. I do like that. Uh, I like wooden roller coasters. You like wooden roller coasters? I, I, I seem to prefer them. Is the, what's that called? The Twisted Towers? Is that any good? Email me. Let me know. I'm madman at fxbgpr.com. Let me know about your favorite roller coaster because I'm sitting here just talking about my favorite ones. Um, yeah, uh, there's in there the shockwave over at King's Dominion. I don't like that. I don't like stand up roller coasters for some reason. I don't know about you. Yeah, um, the Grizzly. Let's talk about Bush Gardens for a second. In Bush Gardens, uh, they have the Apollo's Chariot, which is a pretty, it's a newer roller coaster and it's pretty good. It, it's a real fun and not too intense roller coaster that pretty much anyone would enjoy riding. Uh, I highly recommend that one. But my favorite is roller coaster is the Loch Ness Monster. Loch Ness Monster has the interlocking loops and the engineering feat that it takes alone is impressive to me. I went to uh, uh, Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia. Uh, I guess, I, I don't know, I was like 14, 15, something like that. And that was the first time I saw the Loch Ness Monster. And looking at the design of that co coaster, I was just, it blew my mind. It's like, it's so risky, so ballsy and so interesting to do that so i do re i really do like the loch ness monster down in bush gardens in williamsburg they have apollo's chariot and they have a couple other ones uh i think their water rides out of bush garden are pretty good bush gardens is pretty good are pretty good <laughs> verb tense 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you want to talk more about roller coasters, you like roller coasters as much as I do. You want to tell me something? Tell me, you ever ride the Rebel Yell backwards or whatever it's called now? I rode it backwards. I loved it. I saw Petra at King's Dominion. Did you, and DC Talk, have you seen Petra and DC Talk at King's Dominion? Email me at madman at fxbgpr.com. Dude, I was totally there too. <laughs> I want, I want to know the name of that skating rink where I went when I lived in Georgia. There was a skating rink when uh, Nancy Reagan was doing her, her uh, Say No to Drugs campaign or whatever. It's like, you signed this thing. Uh, you signed this document, this big, long sheet of paper that said, you signed this document, you'll let you come in and skate for free all night or something like that. If you if It's a promise never to do drugs. Uh, so I, I got to find that roller skating rink and pay them for a night of skating because uh i lied to nancy reagan i don't know if i ever lived that down anyway so we're about halfway through the show so um it's about time to get into the news worth knowing let me know when we're ready ek all right all righty so um President Starkey, as President Starkey says, stuff's getting better. Stuff's getting better every day. So let's get to this first, first news article. Uh, U.S. records lowest corona, coronavirus-related deaths in two weeks. Monday marked the lowest number of corona, coronavirus-related fatalities in the U.S. in two weeks, just after the number of deaths had spiked to 4,591 in a single day, according to Johns Hopkins University. The U.S. lost uh, 1,433 people to coronavirus on April 20th, adding to the overall death toll of 42,364. 42, it's a lot of people. I don't care what the percentage is. According to the data, Nearly 93% of all U.S. deaths from the pandemic have occurred in the past three weeks, 44% of which have occurred over the last seven days. But after several sharp spikes last week, the number seems to have been slowing with the data reflecting an average of 600 less deaths than previous days. So it looks like we're on the back slope. Generally, it really depends on the community. That's the point is like these, these uh, places that were infected first. They're going to come out the back end okay. They're going to have a herd immunity, you know, but they're going to come through the back end other than those places that haven't gotten it yet. Ooh, this is complicated. Virology. Anyway, so the, the news comes as several states begin cautiously plotting out plans to slowly reopen businesses, businesses as early as the end of the week. Georgia, which as of Tuesday had 19,398 cases and at least 774 deaths, will reopen gyms, hair salons, and other businesses beginning on Friday. Governor Brian Kemp, who earlier this month ordered Georgia schools to remain closed for the rest of the 2019-20 school year, said Monday that his state would expand COVID-19 testing and that hospitals were in a position to resume elective surgeries after securing necessary protective personal equipment. Quote, giving... Given the favorable data, enhanced testing, and approval of our healthcare professionals, we will allow gyms, fitness centers, bowling alleys, body art studios, barbers, cosmetologists, hair designers, nail care artists, aestheticians, I'm skipping it, somebody else, 
and uh, res uh, their respective schools and massage therapists reopen their doors on Friday. Andy's are coming back, y'all. So, yeah, so here's the thing is that, you know, we're getting closer to reopening, to becoming a working America again. And so, it's you know, you got to trust President Starkey because he says, you know, stuff's getting better. Stuff's getting better every day. And so it's, um, you don't need to be worried too much, in my opinion, about this. I think, I'll, fingers crossed, um, I think after all this is said and done, I think we're going to realize that we overreacted a little bit. And that's fine. I think it's probably better to overreact. But that being said, I mean, I know that this, this, uh, pandemic has touched a lot of people's lives a lot of people's lives that i know of you know it, thankfully thank god it hasn't happened to me or anyone in my family but i know it has touched lives these kind of numbers it can't not touch lives that being said i think we're gonna be okay <laughs> don't panic out there don't freak out you know, I know a lot of you are protesting, you know, you want to face it. You know, there's a lot of people out there who want to face it and just, just to get back to work, get money in their pocket again. I understand. I'm a little bit broke this week. So please go over to patreon.com slash shock monkey radio and become a patron. I'd really appreciate it. Okay. So Munich's Oktoberfest celebrations canceled amid coronavirus pandemic. Uh, forgive me, Germans, for mispronouncing names here. Marcus Soder, the governor of Bavaria, uh, along with Dieter Reeder, Dieter Reeder. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a real name. Dieter Reeder, the mayor of Munich, announced on Tuesday that the region's annual Oktoberfest festivities would be canceled due to the health risks posed by the coronavirus pandemic. Quote, difficult decision with Munich Mayor Dieter Reeder. Soder wrote on social media per a translated tweet. <laughs> the Oktoberfest 2020 must be canceled. The risk is just too high. You can neither keep your distance there or nor wear a face mask living with the virus means living cautiously until there is vaccine or medication i i, I know you got to do it but i can't i could can still be bummed out about it the festivities were it's not like i was going the festivities which are scheduled to begin on september 19th and run through october 4th would have been the 187th celebration of the beer themed event 187 Soder and Reader. That sounds like a German pop group that hates Duran Duran. Uh, they appeared together at a press conference on Thursday morning to announce the news, with Soder calling it unbelievably sad, reports whew, the Deutsche Press Agenter. Sorry, I don't know German. Reader said that in addition to being uh, disappointing for Germans and hopeful visitors, the decision will undoubtedly have a detrimental effect on the economy. Yeah, I'm sure you'd get a lot of cash from that. Some 6 million people attend Munich's Oktoberfest celebrations every year, the DPA reported, with many coming from around the globe. Foreign visitors, too, pose further risk. Yeah, it makes sense. 
spreading the virus. He noted, uh, Germany has already recorded more than 147,000 cases of coronavirus with over 48,000 deaths as of Tuesday morning, according to Johns Hopkins. Both leaders said they hope Oktoberfest celebrations will resume as normal in 2021. We hope that next year we can make it up together. Yeah, we will, but I'm still a little bummed out. It's not like I was going or anything like that. It just it feels good knowing that there's an Oktoberfest going on somewhere. People who love beer. That reminds me, I really need to pee. All right, so I know a lot of you are protesting out there. There's protesters out there saying, like, oh, let's get back to work and so forth. So this is from Judge Napolitano. Damn these ads. Governor's stay-at-home orders are unconstitutional and cases won't hold up in court. I got a mush mustache hair sticking up my nose. Ugh. Okay. Fox News senior judicial analyst Andrew Napolitano said on Tuesday, Tuesday that stay-at-home orders. All right, I got one here. That stay-at-home orders from governors across the U.S. are unconstitutional because creating laws is a power delegated solely to legislatures. Quote, the government has to recognize that the rights that are in the Constitution still exist in bad times as well as good, and it has to treat people equally, Napolitano told Fox & Friends. Continued to say, if you can get in the line of cars and buy a cheeseburger at McDonald's and you can get in the line of cars and express your opinion about the government. it's <laughs> a good point. His comments came after an organizer of the protesting as New Jersey's coronavirus stay-at-home order was arrested. Kim Pagan of Toms River, New Jersey, was charged Friday following the small but noisy demonstration in front of the New Jersey State House in Trenton. New Jersey police accused Pagan of violating emergency stay-at-home orders issued by Governor Phil Murphy to contain the spread of coronavirus. Pagan was issued issued a summons and not arrested, according to the news release from State Attorney General Gerbeer Gerwal. Are you sure this he's not from the previous story? He sounds German. If you think emergency orders are more like guidelines than actual rules, think again. Whoo! Gerwal said in a, in a tweet on Friday, Pagan has to answer for the charge in municipal court Violations of emergency orders constitute a disorderly person's offense, uh, carrying a potential sentence of up to six months in jail and a $1,000 fine, Gowal said. Yet the protesters gathered outside the state house as Murphy and other state officials held a media briefing about the COVID-19 pandemic inside, News 12 New Jersey reported. Quote, the only laws that, have, uh, that we have to obey and the only laws for which we can be punished for not obeying are those enacted by the legislature. Quote, the bad news is the police are not in a position to distinguish. The good news is, is that once these cases are tried when the pandemic is over, there isn't a judge in the country that's going to recognize the power of the governor or a mayor to take to make up a law off the top of his head and to, uh, make up the punishment off the top of his head, requiring people to comply with it. That's not democracy in America, and that's not what the Constitution requires. And I think that that is 100% true. You know, these a lot of these people in a pandemic, these authoritarians, that's when authoritarians try to seize power. What do you think China's doing? What do you think these social justice warriors are doing? That's when they try to seize power. You know, uh, what it did, did 
didn't de blasio like uh tell people to snitch on their neighbors for violating uh quarantine orders you can't make laws like that people should i mean you can as a governor as an executive branch you can say we highly recommend that you stay at home you know shelter in place until all this is over but once you start arresting people for walking hand in hand in the park they're clearly a couple you know some guys out on a boat out on a lake all by himself anyway watch out for these authoritarians because they're really coming out right now they're really showing the stripes i see your true colors shining through i see your true colors that's why i hate you you want to know who your enemies are <laughs> you don't want to stop people from talking that's what you know that's a crazy person that's the shock bucky radio guy who listens to him you know where to find me you know where to find my insanity you could choose to ignore it or not it's been almost i'm getting a little seinfeld sorry uh so let's go, go to this next story california man allegedly hops fence enters closed disney Disney's Adventure Park. Surprise, this is one in Florida. Uh, an 18-year-old man <laughs> will face trespassing charges after he allegedly broke into Disney's California Adventure Park on Sunday night, which was closed due to the, closed due to the coronavirus, reports said. Jeremiah Smith was allegedly seen by park security jumping a fence at 10.24 p.m. A public information officer for the Anaheim Police Department said, according to ABC7. Police said they discovered Smith at 11 p.m. in a backstage construction area in the southeast section of the park near the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Can you even operate that, a lot, that ride alone? Anyway, following his arrest, Smith was released by police with a court appearance ticket. In court, he could face a small fine or a short jail sentence, police said. The park has been, clo been closed since mid-March, and officials have planned to on reopening at the end of the month. However, March 27th, officials announced the park will be closed until further notice. So here's the difference between uh, uh, theme parks in America and Oktoberfest in October, all right, in late September, October. Maybe Oktoberfest will still happen. You know, it's a long time till October. And so if Disney's, if these Disney parks are optimistic that maybe that they can open at some point during the season, then that's, I think that that's a good thing. That's an optimistic thing. And I think that if you're the kind of place that's a, especially seasonal kind of place, like a theme park, you would want to consider getting as much time in as you can. It's the same with baseball, please. If, even if it's like late September, please have some sort of baseball season <laughs> that people can go to stadiums again. Oh man, no baseball. It's almost May. It's almost May. Anyway, I got 15 minutes left in two stories. If we end early, we end early. Anyway, so here's an interesting side effect of this uh, pandemic. Uh, seashells pile, pile up on North Carolina beaches as coronavirus keeps tourists away. Uh, tourists on the beaches of North Carolina's Outer Banks uh, during this pandemic has created a seashell lover's dream, the lack of, the lack of tourists, okay. 
uh, Cape Lookout National Seashore shared a video on Facebook showing large piles of colorful shells spread along, uh, spread across the beach as, pace, as waves splash over them. Qu quote, postcards from the beach, need your beach fix? I can't go, can I? Anyway, the park, park service said, need your beach fix? Uh, the shells are usually gathered by beachgoers every spring, but the number of collectors has uh, been sharply curtailed due to coronavirus restrictions. Some of the people who commented on the post speculated that shells could be uh, piled about a foot high by the time visitors are allowed to visit the area again. Quote, I know some kids who would love to pick some of these, one person wrote. According to the Charlotte Observer, beaches at the Cape Lookout and Cape Hatteras National Seashores in the Outer Banks are open during the pandemic to residents. But parks, park facilities are closed, including cabins, camps, and restrooms. Dare County, which includes most of the Outer Banks, has set up roadblocks to prevent visitors from, getting, uh, from heading to the popular tourist spot. Quote, these restric restrictions may be inconvenient, disappointing, and have financial impacts. However, they were made in the interest of public safety to limit the spread of COVID-19. The Dare County Emergency Center said in an email to the News and Observer. As of Saturday, there are 6,198 cases of COVID-19 in North Carolina with at least 181 deaths. Not bad. It's not bad. It's just an interesting side effect, you know, it's just like, when, when those people, whoever came, was it Vikings or Spanish, whoever, whoever came into uh, the new world, did they see a bunch of seashells piled up on the beach? Or do you think the natives probably put a lot of them to use? Necklaces, drinking vessels, maybe? I bet they did. But here's the thing is that, that the ocean's making trash too. And they're throwing it up on our shore. You know, people are always whining about people dump trash in the ocean. And it's like, you know, if if we didn't if we didn't have these psycho kids that are collecting like the the old skins of mollusks, <laughs> the old hides of uh, sea crustaceans, you know, if if that didn't happen, they would just pile up there. They're throwing trash onto our land. You know, there should be regulations about those those uh, crustaceans mollusks clams i mean this isn't this isn't uh flintstones era all right it's not money anymore all right i got one more story and then we may end early all right here we go you know i like ending on a positive note uh georgia state senator's second chance at life after surviving coronavirus is giving plasma Georgia State Senator Bruce Thompson nearly died from coronavirus in mid-March, but today he is donating plasma to help others. Quote, I got a second chance at life and I want to do whatever I can to provide other people with a second chance as well, Thompson told Fox News. The North Georgia public official who represents District 14 and lives in white didn't realize how serious his condition was until he blacked out, blacked out at Northside Cherokee Hospital in March 16th imagine the liberals listening of course he lives in white of course he lives there anyway <laughs> the medical team as well as an administrator friend at the hospital told thompson they weren't sure he was going to make it as he struggled to breathe quote i was in tough shape thompson recalls but he never felt lonely or fearful of dying 
though he worried about leaving his wife of 20 plus years and his two children. Instead, he relied on his faith, bonded and prayed with medical staff and trusted that his healthy lifestyle would help him quickly recover. Now, a month later, Thompson is back to running a mile a day, though his pace isn't quite what it was before. He's making strides and he's donating his plasma to help others. Life is the most precious gift, he said, and to be able to save someone's life, I can't think of a better way than donating plasma. I am, I'm told that potentially my plasma could save four lives. So here's the thing. It's like if you, if you become infected with this, you, uh, your antibodies you know, adapt to it and your blood and your plasma could help people who are suffering from this. And I, I, as I mentioned last week, there was, it's, it's going to be us that saves us. It's not going to be a government. It's not going to be any leader, you know, that's going to save us. It's going to be people like this Senator, Senator Thompson here, who donates his plasma to save those four lives. You know, they get the antibodies, maybe a week or two later, their body replicates those antibodies. Now their plasma could save another four people's lives. And that's the point is that, you know, we help each other, you know, uh, a, a more cynical way to look at it is that we farm the living for antibodies. <laughs> but I mean, people willingly do this. People willingly give up their plasma. I think even EK gave plasma to uh, uh, his sick brother. I believe, I believe he did. And that's how we help each other. I've given blood before. Uh, and you should give blood, especially in a time like this. You know, I don't know how easy it is to give blood right now. But I mean, if especially if you've been sick, you need to say, you know, is there some way that my my blood that you, you make it every day? You know, that's pretty much all your bones do other than holding you up, make blood. So, I mean, you could spare a little, you could spare some plasma, your body makes it. And so why not farm? <laughs> farm? farm the living for good antibodies to help people survive during a pandemic absolutely well we only went 51 minutes uh 45 if you count the the delay here at the beginning we had a little bit of a snafu at the beginning like i mentioned we need a uh, we need some uh some more shows uh look into fxbgpublicradio.com um there you can find out more about the shows that we have check them out we got lots of shows and if you're in the fredericksburg area fredericksburg virginia area uh and you're interested in doing a podcast just uh yeah email like admin at fxbgpr.com i'm an owner so you can email me at madman at fxbgpr.com and uh we can see what we can hook you up with if you're interested in advertising uh our numbers are growing i mean i think we gained 50, what do you say fifteen thousand uh listeners in the last year thank you ek and uh, that's pretty pretty damn impressive. <clears throat> so look into FXBG Public Radio uh, to do a show. Uh, we have all sorts of capabilities. Like even if you're not in Fredericksburg and you wanted to like have a show, we could do like a, a video chat kind of broadcast like we're doing right now during this COVID thing. I mean, the industry adapts. The industry adapts. Uh, yeah, look for me on Facebook, Shock Monkey Radio Redux on Facebook. Uh, buy my books of uh, scott l robbins with two t's and two b's on amazon.com i got the, the bunny the bunny years a memoir i got uh the ravings of a madman <clears throat> i got and the exit 13 books excuse me look for the exit 13 uh, keep right merge and blind corner 
Those are my books. I always forget the order. Ooh, excuse me. Excuse me. Please go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. And uh, yeah, email me if you want, you know, want to talk about something. I'm lonely. I haven't got any emails lately. Thought you guys are lonely too. Cause you know, I'm 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 the madman and I love you. 